The ultimate on-demand destination for the UK's best fan-led football podcasts. Featuring teams from across all the major divisions. Discover a league of unbeatable club-dedicated content in just one click. The TalkSport Fan Network. Created by the fans, for the fans. Search TalkSport Fan Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. This is the Shoreham View Podcast. So it's my pleasure to welcome my boy Odero, the best goalkeeper Sheffield United ever had, in my humble opinion, and I'll argue with anybody over that. Please welcome Mr. Alan Kelly. Good evening, everybody. Yeah, great to be here and uh, looking forward to talking about the Blades and my time there. First off, uh, I know you like to be called Ned. Shall I call you Alan or Ned for that interview? Oh, well, I was known as Ned for, uh, and I still am by all the lads and what have you. So, yeah, please do. Love it. So, yeah, a second generation goalkeeper. Your dad started all that off with uh, playing for Ireland. Uh, 34 caps, started at Preston before you came to the Blades. What I ask every footballer is, how did you go about getting into football? What were your journey? Well, uh, probably won't surprise people, but it's different from others. Um, I love I've loved, I loved football when I was a kid. I played outfield. I was an outfield player until I was nearly 16. Um, I dabbled in goal a bit, but I saw myself as a, as a centre-half, I shall not pass, in the uh, Brian Gale mould. Um, and uh, I went to work at British Leyland's electrician when I left school. So um, at, the, at the time, obviously middle 80s, Things weren't great. Uh, Preston North End um, weren't doing doing great in the old Division Four, and uh, a goalkeeper got injured. And because I was Alan Kelly's lad, they said, "Do you fancy having a go?" And I said, "Why not?" So between me working from half seven in the morning till four at night and in the, in the evenings, I go and play for the reserves for Preston at sixteen. So and um, I signed in what September '85. So I'd been just over about fifteen months as electrician, and. Um, got the opportunity and it was funny because you talked about my father. My father was a qualified plasterer from over in Ireland and also a hairdresser. You can't get two <laughs> different things with that. And he wanted me to have a trade because, you know, he, he, he's thinking you've only really been in goalkeeper a year. Yeah. And um, I remember going home and saying to him, Dad, I said, I'm joining Preston and obviously it was his club, you know, record appearance holder. He's got his face on the stand now that Blaze um, fans would have seen when he visited a few years ago. And he went, no, you're not. I went, I am. He went over my dead body. I went, well, give us a knife then. He went, what are you about? I said, boom, I've signed. 
So I'd signed my contract and I was done and dusted and he was like, oh, well, here we go then. So, yeah, there was a, there's a, there was always a, you know, there's always a story there to that. But, um, you know, I think obviously you look back now and you think, you know, to make that decision um, and to, to see where, where it's got me has been uh, has been fantastic and obviously the right one. Really, and weird dad, obviously, uh, not the best reaction before you said you'd sign. <laughs> but were, were he supportive after that or were he your biggest critic? Uh n- Neither or both, really. He was very... I'll tell you what he did. You know, the best thing he, he did, and and I've got to put a bit of context on there because we didn't have goalkeeping coaches back then, literally, literally in the last century, shall we say. So, um, you know, in 85, there was no goalkeeping coaches. So you had to work it out for yourself. Yeah. And um, the, the, the biggest gift he gave me, I think, was allowing me to work it out for myself. If I, if I was struggling or I didn't know you know, um, what to do or a certain situation might happen, you go and talk to him. But he, he was a bit massive believer in working out for yourself because that's the, that's the only way you're going to learn. I bet you might say it was a bit tough or whatever, but yeah. I literally, I remember debut at 17, thrown uh, into the deep end at, uh, at Deepdale uh, against Crew, and um, he let me get on with it, work it out for myself, make my own decisions, learn by me, the mistakes I made. And, um, and that way, you know, you rather than, you know, looking at somebody else, Francis, you look to yourself and I think that's something that stood me in uh, in good stead. I mean, obviously, that is a good way to... A baptism of fire, really, isn't it? And that's the best way to learn <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Uh, Do yeah. you find, as you said, your dad's face is on the, on, the, on the Deepdale stand, legend of the club. Coming in as a young lad, making your debut, as you said, are they big shoes to fill? Or did you feel like you were, you were out there making your own name, you're doing it for yourself? Um, I just... You know what? I'd been brought brought up on Preston North End from. I remember going when I was five. I was a ball boy. I'd be in the dressing room. I said, you know, I've said this story before. We we were sitting on the bench with my dad and, and the manager was uh, Nobby Styles, and okay. I'd be sat on the, the the first team bench, looking at the game. You know, and um, it was just a done thing back then. So when you you know it, it felt so familiar that you know fast forward 12, 13, 14 years. Um, I never felt the pressure of, like you say, the weight of one, you know, dad's 47 caps for Ireland, legend at Preston. And you can see how it, how it, it, it could be. Um, and I've, I've, there's a, a funny little tale. Once we played Northampton, we were, um, so my first year I was there, we suffered uh, re-election. So we finished 91st out of 92 league clubs. Welcome to league football. Yeah. Um, and then the second year we got promoted and in one of those games. Uh, we're playing Northampton, top of the table clash. I made a save, tipped it onto the bar, got up and caught the caught the cross, um, the, the 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 ricochet off the bar. And as I caught it, all the all the uh, you know the diehard fans in the corner started singing two Alan Kellys." There's only two Alan Kellys, so <laughs> I, <love that. laughs> I actually remember having the ball and laughing, thinking, "Oh, I mean, not many many other people who get that that type of thing." So it was just surreal, really. But the, again, the one thing from my dad, I think, is that. That ple- that pressure was never applied. It was never, you know, you never thought you had to live up to something. You never thought you had to go out and do better. You just had to do your job and 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 live, learn, and and be immersed in goalkeeping and in football. And um, I think that's the greatest gift he gave us. Lovely. Um, obviously, Preston's in your heart. You, you've got such a big connection with it through family ties, through starting your career there. The move to Sheffield United came about. Was it hard to leave Preston uh, to come to United? I, I imagine it's kind of like leaving home uh, and going out into the world, really, isn't it? 
Well, again, this interview is going to be a lot like uh, round the houses stories of me getting to where I mean, I went um, when I was leaving press. I made the decision to leave press because of the plastic pitch. I've been on the plastic pitch. We were one of the first ones with I think QPR, Oldham, Luton, and, and Preston, and it was literally ripping me to bits. You know, it was the it wasn't the the nice four G you get these days. It was literally yeah. a carpet, concrete, and and all the best. So. Um, you know that that was a major decision. Um, I went, I actually went down to Notts County with Neil Warnock when he was the manager down there. Right. And on the way back from that, I got got a call from uh, Harry Bassett saying, "Do you want to join Sheffield United?" I'd never, I didn't have an agent, so I, you don't, you know, like these days you might hear or what have you, or it, I might be, you know, wasn't the same type of, you know, media frenzy around transfers and what have you. So I gets a call from Dave Bassett said, "Do you want to sign for Sheffield United?" And I said, "Right." I said, "I'll." Uh, I look on my map because I didn't have a sat nav then, so I got my paper map <laughs> out. Boom, we went over the uh, sixty-two, and and yeah, it was when I when I heard the name Sheffield United. I'd never actually played there, yeah. so when I when I pulled up on that first well uh, morning, we were going off to Sweden that day at five o'clock in the morning, and the imposing stand as you go down in front, you know where the players going now. I was like, wow, this is unbelievable. And then I was met by as I we we call him Sir Derek Dooley and. He told me to uh, effing Jeffing get on the on the coach, and I did. I was told, and that was the rest was history. So, <laughs> so yeah, it just it was a fantastic opportunity, and obviously at the start of the Premier League as well in 1992. Yeah, was that the same coach where uh, Kevin Gage didn't believe you were under 30 and asked for your passport? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was. A, yeah, Gage, Gage, you, you, the first words he said, "Are you just seeing your career out?" I went, "No, I'm I'm only 23," you know. He went, well, I want to see your passport. We're going away. So I showed him. He's like, lads, lads, he's only 23. Have a look at his face, you know. <laughs> and that was my welcome. That 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 and Brad's and um, and David Barnes uh, put me through the uh, initi- initiation, which was a challenge, to say the least, on the on the bus journey. So I'd not met anybody. I was sat in the middle of the coach, and next minute, uh, Brad's and Barnes are looking at me and saying, we want to see what you like. Oh, I said, I think I'm all right, you know. Well, I went, no, no, we want to see what you like. And this... We had a bit of a, a bit of a wrestle, shall we say, <laughs> which culminated in Barnsley taking one off me and and falling down the steps of the toilet, and um, and anyway, welcome to Sheffield United. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say that sounds like a typical away day for us, so it's nice to see players oh, in the same way. I was petrified because Bar- I'd, I'd got my nice new top, you know, yeah. it was my poor top, and by the time I'd finished, it was in tatters, nothing left. <laughs> so I sat there with no with no top on. Like thinking, what's going on here? And Barnsley, and Barnsley, God bless him, comes up and said, Right, he went, You know, I want to see how Andy you are. And he started, you know, I had enough by then, so I just went bang like that. <laughs> Boom, he, went down, he went down the stairs, and I think, Oh my God, starting my career. David Barnes is, you know, the right back, he's left back, he's gone down on the uh, down the stairs. Anyway, he got back up, he goes, Oh, that was tasty. He went, Welcome to Sheffield United, you'll do for us. <laughs> If anything sums up this club, I think you've just done it. That's it. That's it. I was like, I couldn't move my neck for two days after. They had me in the headlock and all sorts. You know what I mean? And Dave, and I remember Dave Bassett saying, he went, you did well there, son. Nothing to do with football. Nothing about catching it or anything like that. It was how well you handled yourself. So anyway, first first test was a tick. You set, you set your career off on an eye by ticking down. It, yeah. it was a highlight, yeah. <laughs> I think you get a brief glimpse of what that dressing room was like just from that story. It, were there an abundance of characters in there? Did you did you find that you fit in straight away after that moment, or was it absolutely case- literally straight in there? That was it. It was a little test. It was, you know, it was a 
they wanted to know did he have the character to I don't know one to fit in with a you know like I say a group of characters lads who were going to fight for everything lads who were going to give everything on the pitch um, that, those were the type of characters that Dave Bassett was looking for in his squad and you you know, we, we can name them and, you know, the slap shots and, and Gailey and, and you know, uh, Bees and people like that. Gagey, you know, Brian Dean was there as well. All, all the multitude of names I can give you, but, you know, really, really good lads. And, you know, often we're looking on laughing and say, here we go, we've got another another lad is sorted out. And you come to the other side of it and it's it's literally you're in and, um, and, and it just was a, a wonderful collection of players, but men and personalities and characters that all came together and, you know, still still speak to a lot of them these days or when we all meet up, it's like we were, we were thrown back 30 years ago and that's a sign of one good friendship, two the right people and two good characters, I think. Yeah, I think Kevin Gage said it when I spoke to him uh, off camera. He said, if you come out of football with one decent friend, yeah. you've, had a, you've had a good career. So I, I imagine that coming out of a dressing, dressing room like that with that kind of closeness... It's it bridles success. I mean, we never set the world on fire. We never went on and won leagues or anything. But did you find that that, that team camaraderie really played a big part in doing? Uh, sorry, in giving Sheffield United a good platform to kick on. Really, I, I think so. I mean, imagine the like, the first season I was there, ninety two. That was the, the famous one where we had the um, we had the Christmas party at August. You know, because yeah. we never got bonus left August. So that started. That started. I mean, that was another thing. You know, we had a. We had the biggest um, bread roll fight you've ever seen in your life. Three, 230 people throwing bread rolls around the Platinum Suite um, a week before the season starts. And then we end up, you know, we end up winning on the first game against Man United and Dino getting the fastest goal. So, you know, I, I just think um, all, all those all those people coming together, you know what? It set us up to do the best we could. Yeah. You know, it really, uh, and, you know, people say we got relegated in the second year, but, you know, I think most people look back at that age and look at it and think, well, we just couldn't replace the goals that Brian Dean gave us because we had, I think it was eight, eight or nine nil nils that season as well. So, but we had, we had lads who could play football, good footballers, but we had lads who could dig in. If you think about the last two or three games of the, uh, the 92, 93 season, the first season in the Premier League, we had to go to Everton. You know, and and get a get a result. We thought it was all over when we played Notts Forest and beat them two nil. We go to Everton and we win two nil there. And um, you know, the celebrations match that early uh, bus drive over to Sweden. Um, you know, at the beginning of the year, and it was fantastic. It really was excellent stuff. I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm going to take a bit of a sidestep now. This don't have to be from United, but what, what's your favourite footballing memory from your career, like on the pitch memory? Oh, wowzer! I mean. <sighs> It's funny, I've, I've, it does stand out as the best. People say the debut out of it, but how can you ever forget being hoisted onto people's shoulders and being carried off the pitch at Bramall Lane on St. Patrick's night, you know, after the penalty shootout against Coventry? I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. I've got, I've got a massive photograph from that and I'm somewhere in the middle of it. And yeah. um, just that... Just the, the, I'm trying to find the words, the unbridled joy at, at winning that game in the circumstances that, that it was, you know, in the shootout. Me personally being part of that, just absolutely pure elation, you know. And I think there's there's one scene, there's like in a video, it might be on one of your videos, I've seen it where where I'm, I'm in the air like, and you're yeah. thinking like, could be a Rocky scene, this. <laughs> <laughs> like, you shout, yo, Adrian, and I'm, I'm, we've, got, we've got a remake, you know. And uh, just some things like that. I mean, and one one particular thing sticks in my mind, and this is probably people 
was on Twitter, I think, recently about uh, when Saturday comes with Sean Bean. Yeah. And uh, filming that penalty sequence. That was filmed at half-time between Sheffield United versus Man United. And I was walking in, you know, to get the uh, like a team talk at half-time. I went, no, 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 no you're out. You, you're filming this thing. I went, hey, I've got, I've got a game here. No, no. So I ne- never actually got into the team talk. Spent 10 minutes as it was at the time trying to get Beanie to, to, to uh, smack one in the top oh. corner. And it happened as the Man United players were walking onto the pitch. So even things like that, you're thinking, you know, I'm going to, I'm saying to him, Sean, you've got to bury this one, mate. I went, Ryan Giggs is coming out here. Cantona's coming out here. <laughs> anyway, and he buries it in the top right and we all run away. I mean, Man United must have looked at that and thought, what the hell is going on here? But just such a surreal memory that comes through, you know, and all the crowd, like, you know, uh, he'd miss a penny and go, oh, you know, no, you've got to get yourselves up the crowd, you know. <laughs> I were at that game. I, I were at there. I were there for the filming. And I remember saying to me, Dad, this player's not very good. Because <laughs> they just kept spooning it off at bar. Well, it was, wasn't it? And I remember I'm doing them because I say as they've come up the tunnel and I've seen the United kit the first time I went, I went, Sean, this is it, mate. I said, I'm going that way, right? Put it in the other, you know, anyway. So he's got it and he's gone right in the top bin, he's run off. The crowd had gone mad just because one, the game's going to start, but two, he must have had 25 attempts. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, but I just it's so clear, it's so vivid the memory of it. Brilliant stuff, and it's it lives in my memory that one. I've never been so cold at a football <laughs> game before, just thinking, just please score, just please score so we can bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to you've worked with a lot of managers. I know Harry brought you in. What were Harry like to work with for yourself? Were you a big supporter of yours? Well, listen, he brought me in, you know, and he he paid money for me. So from from that perspective, you know, I always say to black people, now you go with the, go with the lovers and if someone's bringing you in, obviously they, they like you or they've seen something in you. Um, you know, I, I don't think he quite saw what was going to happen down the line, but I think, um, you know, in terms of relationship with Harry, Harry was one of those, and you've heard he probably heard it from Dane and you probably heard it from Brad's and people like, you got on the bus and he'd give you a slap around the head. He went, do you want? And he said, do you want some? And you end up with the rumble and went, right, and then that would be it. It was like just his relationship with the players, you know, at times could be really distant and it could be you think, oh, you're out of, you know, you're out of favour. And other times it could be incredibly generous and, you know, when he would, uh, he, he, he could have some mad moments, he'd have some, he'd have some blow-ups, he'd have everything, you know. And I think for me personally, he gave me the opportunity, you know, going into that first season in the Premier League, you think about Preston, we're in the, the old third division then, so... It was a two division jump, you know, and I've got uh, I've got a lot to be thankful for, for for Dave Bassett and for giving me the chance to, you know, or seeing something in me that that allowed me to play one at Sheffield United and two going to have a decent career. And obviously after Bassett, it was Howard Kendall. Was that like chalk and yeah. cheese when he came in? Well, again, you know, again another sub story behind that. But Howard Kendall and my dad played in the uh, 1964 FA Cup final for Preston. Yeah. Howard Kendall was the youngest player at that time before Paul Allen took it uh, took that mantle and so it was weird I'd almost I almost you know knew Howard what have you my dad was the goalkeeping coach at Everton from I think 84 to 86 so I used to go and watch them turn as well you know your Neville Southalls and people like that so when when he came in you know and you think about you think about the pitches these days no disrespect to the grounds at the time but you know I think ours was pretty much sand based at the time and uh, he brought in one player who was who made a massive difference, and that was Gordon Cowan, Sid Cowan's. Yeah. And he could pass a ball better than any player I've seen 
You know, he was incredible. And on that pitch, he would kill it with one touch and he would fizz it and it would go that much above the, the sand and, and arrive beautifully at the player receiving so he could control it. And just to see that, and you, if you think about the change, you know, with, with Dave Bassett, we were like, come on, get it up to Dino, get it, get the uh, knockdowns, you're working hard, get the ball wide, get crosses in, Ian Bryson get on the end of him, whoever's going whoever's to do that, uh, Brian Dean. And suddenly we went to sort of really a possession-based game with, with Howard. And the run that we went on and the subsequently near miss we had in the in the, the playoff final, um, you know, I think a lot of players will, and I look at, I look at Howard Kennel and he's one of the best managers I've ever worked with for the way he handled players. It was absolutely fantastic. Lovely. I mean, you said it there, we went to the possession-based game. Uh, the more, let, let's say, the more media-friendly, attractive style of football. And we, we had a good season under Howard. Um, I know that he left after the after the playoff loss. Um, yeah. There was another big change around. Did you find that it, it seemed to be going a bit out of control behind the scenes at the club? Or is that not something the players really get to notice? I mean, I was captain at the time. Yeah. <clears throat> so, you know, you sort of, you were, you know, you you would, um, you know, the manager would say to you, well, look, you know, lads aren't getting paid this week or, or this month, you know, and I think there was a, a three-month period where that, that happened quite a lot. So that's a lot of, you know, a lot of, a lot of turmoil and it's not, it, it's not in the same context it, it is now, you know, um, and you'd be, you'd be lads coming to you saying, you know, I need, I need, I need pain because I've got I've got bills to pay and and, and X Y Z and it was uh, yeah in, in a lot of respects I think the one thing that did it- picture the scene all of your mates around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go partner this with your team playing champagne football perfect order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app there's nothing quite like a McDelivery at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see McDonald's.com the TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It showed that the, the, that the, the character-based side of it was that nobody nobody really went above the parapet and, and broadcast it to, to you know outside. We kept we kept it all indoors and we kept we looked after each other. Um, you know, and, and it, it got rectified in the end. But yeah, there was a lot of turbulent times in terms of ownership, in terms of finance, uh, in terms of player sales, you know, at, at crucial times that, you know, obviously would have affected the, the club and, and the fans and, and the players alike. I mean, what, as, a, as captain of the team, does that put you in an awkward position where you're the kind of go-between? How do, how do you handle that kind of dressing room turmoil oh, when never, people aren't getting no. paid? It's a, it's a, it's my, it's. A, I've been given a position of responsibility, so you know, if if I'm able to go in and, and ask a direct question, and then then it was for me to go in and ask a direct question. If I had to give give uh, the message that that people didn't want to hear, then you know, I thought that it, you've got to be honest and you've got to deliver that and um and 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 keep the group together, keep the group to say, listen, everybody's in the same boat, you know, they're looking at doing X, Y, Z, so. 
again, I think those, you know, coming from that dressing room of good characters of lads who would, you know, would stand alongside you, would fight for you, who would uh, look after you, who would have your back. I think um, that's all. That's always been an element that's gone through Sheffield United to this yeah. day. And I think, um, you know, that that's, that allows you in, in difficult times to be able to stick together and be able to, you know, hopefully work through situations. And that's what we did. I'm, uh, I'm at an age now where I've been fortunate enough to go to the old Wembley twice, uh, the new Wembley four times and the Millennium Stadium. Right. My first ever time going to the old Wembley, it were against, um, obviously, Sheffield United v the other lot. And yeah. all I remember from that game, this is what this is what my first big game as a kid, I've not been to many. All I remember is you making save after save after save. And that's what made me a big fan of yours. But out of out of all the saves you've made, does one stick out in your head as just thinking, that that's my save, that's my favourite save of all time? That game or in, in general? In, in general, just in, in your career. Is there one distinctive save that you can think of that thinks, yeah, that's the one I'm most happy with? I think I think on a on a on a on a big big stage, I mean, if you're talking about Wembley in '93, yeah. you know, to concede after 60 or 90 seconds, whatever it was, you know, to 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 Waddle's free kick, you know, could be, you know, could be a downfall. And and again, you go back to what we said before about, about my dad and about working it out is that once something happened, there's nothing I could do about it. And you had to just make sure that you gave your side the best chance. And there was a save in that game particularly. A lot of people say that the one when Nigel were to cut it back and and David Hurst, but there was a couple of those. But it was in it was in um, I think it was in the second half, and a, a ball was cut back to David Hurst, and he was like clean through, and he smashed it down low to my right, yeah, and uh, and I and I and I managed to flash a hand down, save it, and then get it, get the the next ball at a second attempt for any that for, for any goalkeeper, for any goalkeeper coach, they're the they're the hardest ones to get anything down. A low ball generally hurts you as a goalkeeper, you know. Yeah. Um, and that that was one step that, that, that stuck out from there. In terms of, um, I do remember making one save, and it was with Howard Kendall. I think we we're playing Stoke at um, at their old ground, and um, and I cut in cut in from the edge of the box, and and he's he's gone to bend it in the right hand corner, and I remember getting after it, thinking I've no chance, and it just. My dad always had a saying. This is another good saying. He went. If you never go, you never know. Yeah. So the thing is not yours and you fall down, then you're not going to get there. But if you have a go, it might tip your finger. I remember going, I think, you know, it's done with this, it's done me. And it's hit the end of this finger here. And and it's gone, hit the post and gone up. And I remember landing and going, bloody hell, how did I save that? You know, because <laughs> <laughs> it was going in. So, you know, it's it wouldn't be one that was uh, that was sticking in mind. There's probably another game, I think, again, Stoke away, Dean Saunders were playing. Um, for us and of that, of that side, and there was a few couple of reactions saved in there, but you know, it's uh, we're just there to do the job, aren't we? As well, yeah. to, you know, to get on and do the job. I know most keepers say would, would say that, and most most that's probably a reply you get. Um, the, the penalty saves are going to come to mind because of of, of, of what it does and, and and the joy it brings to fans and, and the joy it brought to me as well. So again, you know, you put those down as important saves as well. Did you feel going back to that penalty shootout? Because again, that one game where I think we all went nuts, and I sit at the back of the cop, and I've done this since I were a kid, and I still managed up on the pitch at that game. <laughs> I'm somewhere in that little crowd trying to get to you to hoist you up, and I just can't get close enough. But when, when you're in a penalty shootout in that kind of situation, we were the underdog team. Is the pressure on your shoulders, or is it the old saying that a keeper's got nothing to lose? No, I mean. <laughs> 
if, if the other keeper saves three and then and, and the other one doesn't, they said, well, why couldn't he have done the same thing? You get that, you get that, you know, that comparison. But no, the whole the whole pressure is on the taker. Gareth Taylor was our big mate of mine and still is to this day. He was the first taker, and I don't remember, but he missed as well. And as he was walking back, I walked over to him and I said, and he went to me, give us a dig out, Ned, help us out here. So, um, and then, you know, from there on, saved, saved the next uh, two penalties, then the other one went in and then, then the third one. So once, it was funny for Dion Dublin's penalty, if you, people go back to the, the first game at, um, at Coventry, he stepped up and sort of quite nonchalantly opened his foot up and went off to, went off to my left. And strikers, they score and it seems confident and it seems like the, you know, that there's no goalkeeper there. They, nine times out of ten, they'll do the same thing. So I knew he was going to go that side. Yeah. Well, as he ran up to and then as he ran up and he just turned his foot out, I knew he was on and I was on my way. It was I, so as it as it was in midair, I was almost like when I've got this, I've got this, I've got this. You know, it was like a midair feeling of elation, thinking I'm going to save this penalty. Gareth was doing uh, doing cartwheels on the on the penalty spot <laughs> on the halfway line because we helped him out. But that that feeling of knowing that you're you haven't made the save yet, but you're on the way and you know you've got this. Yeah, and um, that was that was fantastic. And I think there's like two or three photographs where I'm, you know, I'm, I'm that that one where I'm screaming. I think it's there. That one there. That one, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, just that absolute. That is pure joy and elation. Uh, that feeling. Amazing. <laughs> um, that's all I've got to say. It's just amazing. I just remember that game. I, I still get goosebumps thinking about it now. I'll be honest with you. It's one of them games that just lives in your memory forever. As I think Sheffield United have always been a cup team. Uh, yeah. we, despite not winning it for so many years, we've always performed well in the cup. And moments like that just really stick with you. Um, going to cup games and a cup manager, he had his moments in the cup, especially Arsenal away. Steve Bruce coming in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think it was, was it Bruce that sold you to Blackburn? No, it, what he'd left by then. It, but he left. It? Adrian Heath, yeah. Adrian Heath, Adrian Heath. In fact, before I get to that, sorry, I'll rewind a tiny little bit. Sorry about this. No, no, no problem. Uh, I'll rewind That team that started uh, with Nigel Spackman, uh, yes. where, we, where we beat Sunderland on the first day, yourself, Vasper Bokis, Wayne Quinn, Oldsworth, Dean, Fjortoff, Whitehead, what a team that were. As part of that team, did you, at the beginning of the season before we started selling everybody, did you think this team's going to do it? This is the team. I have to, I have to, it's funny that, isn't it? That, like, when you look back, but I, I didn't start that, that season because um, we'd lost in the playoff final. Yeah. In the, I don't remember the playoff semi final games, Ipswich at Ipswich. Yeah. Um, in the third minute, I come out for a, uh, a cross. I punched it, and the and the striker's hip hip uh, smashed under my knee. Yeah. Um, and it uh, it ruptured me one of my crucial ligaments. So what I don't remember. I don't even remember that game. You're probably probably um, a young lad then. But um, I had my leg taped up with about about 10, 10 rolls of tape, and I played 115 minutes on one leg. That 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 thing. Yeah. But anyway. Long story short, it, it sort of wasn't picked up. Yeah, and um, it was only when we were, we were doing some sprint training in the pre-season of the of the season on about with Nigel Spackman that when I turned right, my knee went left, Ooh. and uh, it wasn't very nice. Yeah, so Trace Trace was in there, and obviously we've always had that 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 competition with Simon, and um, 
And I think it was probably probably might, might be a good few games where, where where Trace played in that game as well. But the team you're on about and the way they performed and and the the, the quality of football, the players that we had, you know, as a squad before they were sold, you know, it, it just looked like we were going for automatic promotion. Yeah. It was such a good team. Um, you, you mentioned Pacey Pacey, Simon Tracy there. Another excellent, other amazing goalkeeper. We've always been blessed, mostly, for yeah. goalkeepers. Were you and Simon friends or was it more too, were you that competitive that you were just at arm's length or did you have that a, a close relationship? We've always got on really well. Two totally different types of character, two totally different types of lad. Still speak to, to Tracy, you know, pick up the phone and we'll have a, we'll have a conversation uh, now, you know, um, and not change the bit. It's like, you think it's like I said to you before, nearly 30 years ago. Um, and no, it was, we both understood that um, that there was two good goalkeepers here. Yeah. And if one got in, the other one might not see see game time for quite some time. Now, it's as it so happened, we sort of picked up sporadic injuries at, at certain points, which allowed the other ones to play. But, you know, in terms of... Um, um, us as a as a as a training group as goalkeepers as uh, as teammates uh, in the dressing room. No, we've we've. I would say, I was I would say we're the same now as we were twenty nine years ago, whenever it was. And yeah. uh, well, that, that's that's just again that's that's that mix of characters from that Harry saw that 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 would that would rub together but fight hard as a group. To me, with with yourselves, it always seemed to be a six month period where. One keeper being there for six months, want to get injured, another come out. You, you mentioned Ipswich. I think Ipswich kind of like a killing field for our goalkeepers. You you did do your <laughs> one leg. Simon Tracy headbutted post. <laughs> so yeah. it's, but you seem to rotate quite well. So I imagine that made things a little bit easier. Um, going into the season with, with Steve Bruce, what were that like? What were Bruce like coming in? Well, if, if you, <laughs> he came in as a player manager, yeah. um, first managerial uh, job. Um, and that transition to you know to go from player to manager, but all that, but also to incorporate playing. I think I think the first game I could be wrong of that season was West Brom away, and I think we lost three 0 Yeah. Uh, again, and I think that might have been his last game. If memory serves me correct, and um, yeah, it was funny that we had a few words on the pitch. I do remember that day, and um, as players, but you know, um, we, we then got on to the cup run. Um, and that and that went back to the famous famous uh, game where that that jersey was worn. Yeah. Um, you know when um, when when the the Mark Overmars goal uh, happened. So I think for for Steve, I think it was a hell of a learning curve for him, which obviously has then allowed him to go on on have an, a, a long and successful managerial career. Um, and I think he learned a lot both about what what goes on behind the scenes because obviously he was dealing with. Things that were happening financially, you know, in the boardroom level. Um, I think dealing with you know players of, of different age groups, of different abilities, young, old, you know, in between. And I think he learned a hell of a lot from those eight or nine months he's in charge. But I'm sure that that game that that, that shirt belongs to. I'm sure he'll, uh, you know, he'll, he'll have um, he'll have strange thoughts about that one. I, I was sat on the clock end for that game, um, right behind the net, and I remember when he were pulling you all off. I've never heard a goalkeeper swear as much in my life. And I've seen some goalkeeper. <laughs> um, 
Move, moving on from Bruce's reign to Adrian Heath, it was Adrian Heath that let you go. Was that yeah. his decision or was it simply taken out of his hands? Or do you not, is that not something you know about? I was just told, and it was as blunt as this, I was told, you're going. Um, Blackburn are coming to you with a greedy fee. You go, so I don't, people remember the time, I think Aberdeen were in as well. And, you know, it was like, I remember someone saying, yeah, well, yeah, he's going to sign for Aberdeen, but he's not sure. Um, if it's going to be too cold for his dogs, right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, no, it's it, um, I got a call, and it was funny because the same day uh, we, we were in doing a signing session um, at the ground, and uh, I, I've met him since the chap. I can't quite remember his name, but he came. He was only a young boy at the time, and he came along the table, and he got out about one pound seventy, and he put it on the table. He went. Uh, he went, Alan, you know, if that helps, you know, will you stay? And I felt, anyway, I felt so sorry for him. But yeah, it was totally out of my hands and it was a, obviously a, a club decision. Um, what and, did you spend and, £1.74 on? Oh, no, I gave it back. I gave it back. But yeah, it was, it was, you know, it was a, and literally from walking out from doing that signing session, I was in my car and then I was training at Blackburn the next morning. Yeah, that's how that's how quick it it, it is, and, and that's how it went, you know. And it, it, it we played Chelsea. I don't even remember we played Chelsea uh, in a pre-season game that season. Yeah. Saw Andy Flo was playing, um, Zola was playing, and um, I think that might be my my last game I played in. And you know, you know, sometimes you get a funny feeling. I remember walking off, and I don't know it was, and I remember walking off and just looking round. And every time I've been back now, I do the same thing. I walk out, private moment, walk onto the pitch, look around the stadium, just take it all, all in and get a ball. And I'm, I'm, it's almost like I'm back where I was, you know. But yeah. it, it was a, it was a shame that that it, it, you know, one to be told like that, and two, not to say, not be able to say goodbye, if you know what I mean, yeah. you know, because seven for me, it'd been seven, seven fantastic years, two hundred and fifty odd games, you know, lots of ups, lots of downs, you know, and I think you know, always try to share that with the fans as well, you know, to recognise that as well. And I think, you know, it's not many times in football you get that feeling and that connection. And the fact that we're talking, what, as I said to you, 20, 28, 29 years later on, you know, I think that 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 to me, you know, um, that means more to me than shirts or badges or whatever, you know what I mean? That, that's a real, that's a proper connection. Yeah. I mean, there's not many... Ex-blades that come back to the lane and do something that hinders us in a game and still get a standing ovation. Remember when you left? <laughs> the, the day you left, it broke my heart. And the, the first time you came back with Blackburn, you yeah. pulled off this save where it was flying in, absolutely flying in like a rocket. And typical Alan Kelly fashion, typical like yourself, strong upper body, arm onto it, up in the air, palmed it onto the bar and over. And yeah. Yeah. You got you got a stand innovation, and I, I think that just sums up that connection you had with the fans to come to come as an opposition player, make a save like that in a game that we ended up losing, and and to still get a stand innovation, and I think that that shows what you meant to us. Yeah, it was that was that was a really emotional day. I remember that because yeah, that, that was the first time I'd gone back as well, and it was weird. I mean, running out to the cop, you know, it just for seven for seven previous years, and you know, God knows how many times you're running back, you know, just just to you're embracing, you know, the cop and the fans yeah. and everything like that. And to get that welcome again, it was like, you know, I had to sum up everything just to keep keep control myself. And mind you, I did I did help these. Was it was it a year later I did help when I got the back pass on it and I knocked it against David Kelly's leg and it went in. So you know, 
<laughs> We're still convinced that somebody uh, convinced you to do that. It's, it's give and take, isn't it? You know. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it was fun. It, it fantastic. It really has. And, and unfortunately, I've been back now with Preston as a coach, and obviously with Everton as well. So, you know, to get to, I, I just, I went back. I was back. Um, Last season, before it seems like I was sort of over a year ago, but the three-three against Man United, and I brought I brought my son over for the first time, and you know when the goals went in, it was like, uh, you know, it was like a volcano going off, and he couldn't believe it. Like, oh my god! I went, yeah. Well, imagine like being on there and and having that coming down at you. It was just so uplifting, and he was like, wow. He went, yeah. He went, I get it now. I get it. You know, and yeah. unless you're there, unless you experience that. You know, and everything. It, it was just, it, for me, for the next generation, for him to see that, and then to to know that his dad uh, was out there, you know, playing for this club and, and and what it means to him, and that was that was another good moment. I, I'm good. I think that's a perfect place to end it. I, obviously, you're coaching at Everton now. We we wish you all the best of luck at Everton. Looks like it's going amazing down there with Carlo. Uh, exciting players coming through. Um, obviously, you've got a Sheffield connection there with Dominic. Um, yeah. how is he by the way is he enjoying life at the moment yeah I mean he's he's been fantastic I mean you know he's uh, the way he's the way he's, his games come on and, and he's he's the main man now and you just look he's unplayable at times yeah. um, you know we still have that talking about his dad his dad was an apprentice as well um, at Sheffield United and you know to have that connection and um, you know we both know that and it's uh, you know he you don't do handshakes anymore, do you? It might be a little, no. little. <laughs> so yeah, but it, Dominic's been 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 fantastic, and you know, been been a credit to you know being been brought up in, in in the Sheffield way and working hard and and matching that to talent, and and at the end of it, you know, he's uh, he's some player. Brilliant. So I'm as I said, I'm going to leave it there, Alan. Thank you so much for giving us your time and having a chat with us. Oh, it's it's. One of the highlights this of my channel, of my time doing this channel, because it's not every day you get to meet your hero and you've been amazing. Thank you very much. Thanks for asking me on and uh, can't wait for part two. Thanks again for listening to this podcast. We are trying to get a lot more of our video content converted to an audio platform as well. We understand a lot of you out there don't have time to watch the videos and you like to listen to the content in the car and on the go. We are hoping to get a lot more of this to you. But if you haven't done already, please head over to our YouTube channel. Please give that a subscribe. Please follow us on social medias, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and the rest. And don't forget to check back here again, because we will be getting some more content to you on the audio channels. Thank you very much, and up the blades. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.